passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Believe in UCLA, the UCLA sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Sam Conn, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, Travis Reed. Travis, how's it going, man? Good, good, Sam. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, it's the first time I've been on the pod for a while. We, we didn't have one last weekend just because I was I was traveling, coming back from that game in Philly that uh, we'll, we'll talk about a little bit. Uh, but yeah. UCLA men's basketball season's been over for a little bit now. They lost in the Sweet 16 to North Carolina. Uh, and now North Carolina, they beat Duke in the Final Four. They're going to the championship game playing Kansas. So college basketball, it's all coming to a head. Uh, I know when we're recording this right now, I think uh, UConn, South Carolina, the women's championship game is going on right mm-hmm. now. I don't, I don't know what the score is there, but pretty sure that just tipped off. So, yeah, just kind of. It's weird. The college basketball season's pretty much over, so <laughs> we'll we'll make sure to to get in all all our last takes before we get into real off season talk moving forward. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's all there's uh, there's a few other things. You know, we got the McDonald's All American game that we were talking about. Travis had uh, Amari Bailey. Uh, he played in that. Uh, Adam Bona. Uh, he I think he didn't play because injury, but mm-hmm. I mean, still still two McDonald's All Americans. It's double what Cronin's had the past few years. Uh, in, in the girls McDonald's all American game is uh, Kiki Rice and uh, Jaime Hawkins' sister Gabriella. They they won co MVPs. So we we can talk a little bit of just all all the the future Westwood stuff going on in Chicago last week. That's fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Jake Kyman uh, he entered the transfer portal left UCLA. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But yeah, a lot to cover. And uh, if you want to hear what what we have said in the past about this team what we're going to be talking about all off season about football men's basketball women's basketball anything just make sure to uh subscribe turn on notifications whether you're on spotify apple google check it out thanks for listening and uh yeah let's just get right into it we're finally here the top teams in college basketball have been determined and the final four is set looking to wager on these games or the national championship head over to betonline.ag on your desktop or your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all updated odds and info, along with player props and new contests throughout the year. It's the best source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and everyone's favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to, to wager on sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. 
So, Travis, the, that UNC loss was definitely tough, but I, I, I guess I, I want to get your takeaway on the season as a whole, whether that, that goes all the way back to November, the preseason expectations, the, the ups and downs of the season, and then just kind of into March Madness. The, what, what are your general takeaways? Did this season, did this team meet expectations? Did they disappoint you? How are you feeling kind of a week removed from that loss now? I would just say, Sam, that, you know, like it's really hard to repeat success, man. So what certain teams do like to get the final four year after year to year, like that's impossible, as you can see, you know, Um, out of the four teams that went to the final four last year, none made it this year, you know, Uh, Gonzaga lost in the sweet 16 Baylor lost in the second round uh you and know Houston lost in the sweet Houston, 16 they lost in the elite eight to or, yeah they, yeah they were the closest they lost in the elite to, eight to, to Villanova. Villanova that's right you know and uh who was the next one and then UCLA yeah you said UCLA and then like you know losing sweet 16 so I would say success is hard to repeat especially in the tournament and I feel like UCLA had super high expectations and everybody back um, off a of final four run. Nick Cronin, they brought in McDonald's All-American, Perry Watson. They still had a, you know, a decent bench, but then the backup big man gets hurt, you know? Uh, and I feel like nobody thought it was going to be a big deal because we got the transfer protocol where, you know, uh, big man came in from Rutgers and, I, they felt like, oh, yeah, he could just be a shot blocker, rebounder. That's all we really need him for. And if you notice, this year, more a lot more than last year, uh, Cody Riley and him, uh, Johnson, they the big man kind of hurt UCLA where, to where, like, last year it was sky's the limit. They could have beat anybody. And obviously last year they lost to anybody. But when they got rolling, they got rolling. This year I felt like there was a ceiling on this team, you know, now, the ceiling, depending on the, the brackets and how things broke, you know, because uh, that's what it is about the tournament. It's about matchups. It's not about the bracket, to be honest. You know, it's about your matchups. What team do you match up well with? What team that you don't match up well with? And we saw that last night, you know, recording this Sunday from Saturday game. North Carolina matches up perfect with Duke. Now, Duke is a matchup problem for everybody else in the country, <laughs> you know? But what happens with North Carolina? They ain't scared of them. They want to play them. North Carolina beat them two out of three times. What team, and obviously it's sad for Coach K, but what team is going to beat a team on Coach K's last home game and then turn around and beat them to go to the NCAA championship? Yeah, tra- Travis, don't don't shed any tears for Coach K. <laughs> <laughs> he he doesn't need him. Yeah, he doesn't need him. So we'll get into that other part later. But I just feel like, you know, going back to UCLA, I think that it's just a situation where they went, you know, as far as I thought, you know, like I thought, like, and I thought they could go Final Four, but it, mm, the year was it was overall a good year. I mean, they came and was third in the Pac-12, a second. Um, they beat yeah, Arizona. Second. Yeah, they beat Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they beat SC. Uh, you know, they went to the Sweet 16. It's really, really hard to advance to the Final Four. It's really, really hard to 
do those kind of things, no matter what happens. I think uh, Cronin get a great coaching job. I just felt that Cronin leaned on his four or five guys too much. I felt that he had just a little bit more talent than what he was showing out there, you know? Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, you play Jaime, you play Johnny, you play Bernard, you play Tiger, uh, but you could have mixed in Perry Watson more, you could have mixed in a backup guard, you could have mixed in a shooter, you could have mixed in all these guys more than what you did. I think, honestly, he had a solid eight deep players, but he basically went with five. Um, you, you know, and I, I felt like that hurt him, you know, against North Carolina, especially. Uh, but just to get back on the overview of the season, I think that, you know, they went as far as I thought that they could do, but not, like I said, NCAA is kind of breaks, you need breaks and they didn't get the breaks against North Carolina. They just didn't. And, uh, uh, I felt that love in North Carolina, like the, the, you know, love is probably going to be a lottery pick after this NCAA run. Um, and I don't know, you know, like, I don't know, UCLA had been beat, you know, I thought that when it was up, like, I think it was like three or five or something, with like a couple minutes yeah, like to go. A few minutes like, left. Yeah, a few minutes left, two minutes left. I was like, okay, we we know, I think we can do this. And all we got to do is beat St. Peter's to get to the final <laughs> four, you know? And I was like, okay, okay. You know, and then one play, one play that defined their season. Uh, North Carolina misses the shot. Uh, Love misses the three. They're, they're, you know, we're up like five or three. What happens? UCLA gets uh, Babcock, tips it out because Riley doesn't get the rebound. And then what does Love do? Hit a deep three. Boom. Cuts it to one or two or whatever the case is. And they come down. Love hits another three. Boom. And I'm just like, yeah, that just defines our season. You know, we just wasn't physically dominant inside like we were the year before yeah and that that cost them games against arizona cost them games against gonzaga and it cost them that that unc game um but yeah in, in terms of the, the expectations were they mad did they did they miss them were the disappointment i think it's so hard to judge an entire season on a single elimination tournament at the end of the year that's based a lot on matchups and and someone getting hot and, and where you are geographic stuff and, and traveling and it's, there's a lot of variables and <laughs> single, there, there's a reason that uh, in the NBA, it's a best of seven series is because, you know, the longer you play, the more it, 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 it kind of evens out and the better team yeah, wins, but yeah, in a yeah. single elimination, the better team can lose pretty often because it's, mm-hmm. it's just 40 minutes. It's not mm-hmm. seven games. So the sample size is small that you're working with and you just have to have Caleb love get hot and score 28 points in the second half to, <laughs> to knock out a, a team that's, that's obviously really good. So mm-hmm. you made the sweet 16. If you go by that metric, you're a top 16 team. Yes. You're, you're a Caleb love explosion away from going to the elite eight and playing St. Peter's, which you would have won. And then you would have been a final four team who knows if mm-hmm. you beat Duke, but then you're a top four team. Mm-hmm. So to, to say that, and, and I feel like that's what was the, that, the, that was the very high bar. A lot of people were expecting, Oh, like, let's run it back. We're even better. We should go to the final four or better, which is, which is a hard, hard kind of thing to meet. Like you were talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. an hard thing to repeat. Mm-hmm. But if all, if the difference between being a top 16 team and a top four team is Caleb love hitting a bunch of threes in the second half of one game, 
like how can you judge an entire season on just one opposing player getting hot? I know the mm-hmm. goal is to win a championship. It's to win games in March, but it, it's to boil everything down to that. I mean, this was a team that if you look at the metrics, the advanced stats, top 10 across the board, uh, like net rating, Ken Palm, Barthag, BPI, RPI, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. They were in the top 10 for most of the season, the AP poll. And, you know, Jaime and Johnny ended up being all American finalists and just they, they were in contention for awards. Tiger was in contention for awards. Uh, yeah. Miles Johnson didn't play as much as some people would have liked. Cody Riley got hurt and ended up taking a few steps back. And Peyton Watson coming in as McDonald's All-American didn't give you everything that you want a McDonald's All-American to give you. And there are some coaching decisions when it comes to rotations and playing time and, and coaching style that, yeah, maybe you could have made a tweak here or there and you win a few more games, lose a few more games, whatever it is. But all in all, it was a successful season. You're not hanging any banners. You're not, you're not loving this season, but Mick Cronin deserved the extension he got. And it'll be interesting to see where he moves on from here. It's, it's so difficult to just say, Oh, you didn't beat North Carolina in the Sweet 16, the North, same North Carolina team that could very easily win the national championship on Monday. Oh, you suck. <laughs> yeah, no, fire, no, fire him I, now. Get him out of here. It was a failure. Yeah. It's like, it's so much more complicated than that. I know yes. people like to make it black and white, but there's so many layers to this. And you have to say, well, was this player a disappointment? Was this player, did he ex- exceed expectations? Did the offense exceed expectations? Did the defense disappoint? And just kind of add all those together. And then you get to the point where you're like, yeah, it was a good year. Not a great year, mm-hmm. not the best year, but it was, it was good. And that, yep. that's okay. You're not going to win it all every year. No, I, I 100% agree with you. And that was makes what John Wooden did so spectacular, right? Because he did it with the expectations of the weight of the world on his shoulders, right? Everybody knew that UCLA was the best team in the country. And every year they proved it, right? <laughs> Uh, every year, I mean, seven straight will never, ever, ever be even touched. People won't even get to half no. that. You know, they won't even get to half. They won't even get to three in a row. I mean, Villanova did two out of three. That's that's a dynasty, right? Um, I think that because, it, like you talked about, the NCAA is so – you don't know. I mean, to be honest, the most talented team I saw this year was Arizona. You know, when they got ready and they got going – they were the most talented team in the country, you know? Um, and there's a reason. I think it was Arizona and Duke. Don't get me wrong. Duke was, even though I don't like Duke, you know, Duke was very, very no. Like, seriously, yeah. they have NBA guys. They had a lot of NBA guys. Oh, seeing seeing Paolo uh, Bencaro. Oh, yeah. I think he should be the number one pick. I, not, I agree. Not the not, dude from Gonzaga. Not the dude no. from Auburn. Paolo, I'm telling you, he is the one. I think he's he has Agreed. an NBA body. He can shoot the three. He can handle. He can get to the basket off a of one-on-one moves. He is spectacular as a player. And, and I, you have and you have the number one pick in the draft more than likely, or if not, the guy that we both think should be number one in the draft. And you lose. So <laughs> sometimes you know, having man, the, the, the best coach and having the best player it don't win. doesn't look, matter. <laughs> if you look at talent for talent, player for player, North Carolina and Duke is not even close, right? It's not even close. Coach, coach, right? Player, 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 player. The, the first six, first eight versus North Carolina's five because they only play five players. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they have like zero bench points every they game. Have zero, so they had two bench points yesterday. It was all the <laughs> stars. And I feel like um, 
it, you know, that just has to happen. I mean, is is Arkansas better than than Gonzaga? Probably not. North Carolina is the eighth seed, and North Carolina beat <laughs> Baylor, UCLA, and Duke in the same tournament. So I think that um, it's all about chance. And like you said, I think UCLA had a great season, a great season, uh, because I feel like, you know, like you just don't know what's going to happen. In the, the tournament, it's a, it's a crapshoot. It really is. It's a crapshoot. Who has St. Peter's beating Kentucky, you know? Yeah, and uh, Purdue. And, Purdue. <laughs> and, 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 and you know what I'm saying? A bunch of good teams. Who had St. Peter's in the Elite Eight? And you see the coach already left and went to Seton Hall. But uh, who had them beaten, you know, those teams? I think that when it's a crapshoot kind of thing, you just never know what's going to happen. I feel – I definitely feel like, you know, as far as UCLA season goes, it was a – you know, they had great season, great moments. You beat Villanova. You beat Arizona. You beat Marquette. You beat SC. Um, you know, you go to the Pac-12 championship. You beat SC twice. Um, I just feel like they had they had a great season for what what was this year. I think Cody getting hurt hurt them in the beginning. Um, even though it might not have showed it, I think it hurt them, hurt their continuity. Um, and I think just with the knickknacky injuries that Jaime had, that Johnny had, that everybody had throughout the yeah, season. Tiger, Tiger had Tiger, some, Tiger, and, yeah. and they had a one-month COVID break. Yeah, and yeah. Plane almost crashed, and there's just so much stuff. So like, much stuff. It's you know random. It's weird. They battled through most of it, and they ended the season in a pretty decent spot. So yeah, it is. What I it think is. I think they ended up with 28 wins, something like that. Yeah, I think so. Uh, 20, yeah, 27, yeah, 28. 28 and 28 and seven. I yeah. Say. So like I that. mean, that's a great year. That's a tremendous year. And I feel like, you know, and if and let's be honest, like they missed winnable games. They missed like UC Riverside and some other games. But yeah, I, think, I think they had three. I mean, one of them was against UNC, but UNC was playing like crap at that point. So oh, yeah. they would have uh-huh. won that. I think they, it was Cal Poly was one. And then uh, like South Alabama or yeah. Alabama State. So like so they, they should they they, they're essentially 31 and seven. Let's put them at that. But like that. that. So and that's, that's a, a tremendous that's a really good year. Yeah, tremendous year. And I feel like, uh, you know, it's lost in the sauce about like, I think that, like I said, he had a great, I love, I love Nick Cronin. Like I said, I'm, I'm super happy he got the extension and what he brings is stability now and UCLA is relevant again, you know, and, uh, yeah. and, you know, they're not irrelevant. They are really good. And I think next year, depending on who leaves, who comes back, you know, whatever happens, I think they can be really, really good again. Yeah, definitely. And before we move on to the, to the next topic, I just want to say, like, being in Philly for that game, uh, the the Sweet Sixteen game, and being in that post game press conference. I mean, Mick Cronin was was very confident. He, he was appreciative of his guys, and he was talking about just coming back, and he's not going to leave until he gets that twelfth title, which, which is good. And I'm sure UCLA fans want to hear that. But also, uh, seeing the the reaction to the loss really makes you can just just appreciate what this group of guys has done because you said like with with Mick Cronin in charge like and and these guys in place UCLA is relevant again they're going for national titles again it's not the the tail end of the Steve Alford years or whatever all the middling stuff where they're like oh yeah sure cool sweet 16 great like yeah they got sweet 16 but it's coming off of final four there's continuity there's good vibes uh and like Jules Bernard crying, coming off the court, like trying to ask, uh, especially Jules and Johnny, who 
it seems both of them, they, they won't be back asking them questions after they were really emotional. They, they were, they were more invested in this team than anyone else. And just the, the whole group of guys more than any fan or coach, like those guys were all in and, you know, if they don't come back, they, they had some, some really good careers. Jules Bernard, four years, seeing him grow uh, over the course of the past four years as a weird non-position dude as a freshman who is super turnover prone and he cut his turnover percentage in like by like 60 percent or something and mm-hmm. he had the best turnover rate in the pac 12 this year it's it's mm-hmm. funny to see how much he developed as a as a ball handler as a shooter johnny juzang coming from kentucky where he was a bench dude and now he's an all-american candidate at ucla and and that's just good to see i i don't know if jaime leaves i don't know if 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 uh, Cody or Tiger, we'll, we'll see on them. And I'm sure we'll break it down pretty soon just because yeah. I don't know if anyone's making those decisions super soon. Uh, but the, this is the, that was the last hurrah for this core, the the core that Mick Cronin came into and, and the, they together went to a final four and brought UCLA back to prominence. So uh, it, it was good to see them uh, just kind of be in that raw emotional state, even if it wasn't a good result. I mean, these, these guys really, really care. And, and they were just a really good team. Um, but yeah, let's, let's move on to the next topic. Uh, we were talking a little Duke UNC, obviously UNC beat UCLA, but yeah, UNC beat Duke uh, by a couple points on Saturday night. Uh, it was a really good game back and forth, came down to some free throws and some clutch buckets by UNC. Uh, and yeah, good game. Coach K he's gone. He's done. Announced his retirement. What was it last spring? He said that this was going to be his last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so his last year's over. Uh, mm-hmm. He's done. He's not winning another national championship. Uh, <laughs> no, no more wins. <laughs> Whatever it is, uh, he's he's done. He's gone. And with that came a lot of discourse online about, oh, the goat. Thanks, Coach K. You're, you're the best of all time. And like, appreciate you. See you later. And kind of rightfully so. A lot of UCLA fans and. Uh, even Martin Jarman, the athletic director, were going at whoever it was. It was Dick Vitale, it was Bleacher Report, it was Fox Sports, ESPN, all these people putting up graphics and all these uh, like sob stories about Coach K, the, the greatest of all time, leaving. They're like, uh, yeah, how about Wooden? You know, the guy who has <laughs> 10 national championships to coach. Double. Casey. He has double yeah. the championships. Yeah. 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 So there, there was a lot of discussion about that. Travis, I'm sure. Uh, Maybe both of us coming from this UCLA perspective, but you especially <laughs> being being on the team and and having a relationship uh, with just the whole program and with Wooden, I'm sure you're a little biased, but can you just give me your thoughts on just this Coach K versus Wooden comparison thing? Like, what what are you, what are your thoughts on on what everyone's saying? Well, I mean, if you notice what people are nowadays, they're 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 right in your face bias, right? They don't know their history, you know. They don't know their history and people don't, I mean, realize obviously John Wooden hasn't won a championship since what, 72, 71, 75, I think it was. Well, so yeah, was yeah last... something like that. 75, let's just say 75. Right. And so like, you know, I wasn't even born then. A lot of people wasn't born then. So people don't, didn't realize the dominance of what there is recently recency biased. So they're thinking coach K's got five championships and, you know, like he's the goat and really had, he had two and three or back-to-back years and he didn't have three over a long periods of the time, you know? So it's not like, uh, you know, it obviously wins, wins. Cause people forget that, uh, you know, coach wouldn't left after winning that championship. 
He, he could have came back and coached for more wins. He left after winning the national championship. And, and uh, so, Coach K could do that. Came two wins short. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I think to me, look, you know, and, and, I'm, and I'm not even saying this as a UCLA guy. I'm just saying this as a fat guy, as a guy who knows his past, right? John Wooden coached the two greatest college players ever. It's not even close. It's not even don't even room for discussion. Like if you if you think anybody's better than Lou Alcindor at the time, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, or Bill Walton, you're fooling yourself. Then you just you're just a fan. You're not a you're not a student of the game, right? But people were like, oh, he won five championships with them. He won five championships without them, right? Yeah. Um. So to me, and he would have won twelve or eleven at least because back then freshmen couldn't play. Right. So Kareem team, uh, you know, Lou Alcindor at the time, freshman team beat the national championship team of that year in a scrimmage game. You know, it's a fact. Everybody knows this. So it's same with Bill Walton's team. He wasn't allowed to play his freshman year. I'm like, <laughs> when you're that good and you can't even play as a freshman and you probably would have won a championship if you would have played, to me, uh, it's, it's just a silly argument. I think if he would have won seven, maybe, right? But I think, you know, John Wooden winning seven straight, going 88 games without a loss. I mean, come on, man. I mean, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, or, you know, I keep saying that, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar record in college was 88 and two under John Wooden. 88 and two? That's insane, dude. Are you serious? You know what I'm saying? He won 88 games and would have won 120 games if he would have played his freshman year. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that it's even close as far as, like, who's the greatest college coach. John Wooden is in the conversation with the greatest coach ever. You know, him, Red Arback, uh, Phil Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, 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 in a, it's a small room. He's in that room. And, uh, like I said, you could put Coach K in there. Like I said, he won five, went to a lot of Final Fours, went to a lot of, you know, he had Duke. He put Duke on the map. Uh, but so did John Wood. John Wooden created UCLA. It was no UCLA but sports basketball before John Wooden. And like I said, his dominance over that span uh, was only you only seen that with the Boston Celtics of the you know 60s um, with you know with uh, Bill Russell. You don't see that dominance anymore. That will never be dominance like that no more. So John Wooden, what unequivocally <laughs> is the greatest <laughs> college coach ever period in the discussion. There is no discussion. I, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, I'm, I'm looking. So coach K notably has the most wins of all time, but keep in mind, he coached, let's see, uh, 47 years compared to Wooden's 29. So basically like in terms of, I think Wooden had 27 years at UCLA and Coach K had 42 at Duke. Mm -hmm. So basically cut, let's, let's say cut Duke off, cut Coach K off. Let's say he retired in 06. That'd be the equivalent. Like that, that takes away two national championships and let's see how many final fours, uh, one, two, three final fours, two titles, a bunch of wins. I don't think he'd pass Wooden because if you go by winning percentage, uh, Coach K is at 785 all time. Wooden is at 808. Uh, just looking at the Duke versus UCLA parts of their career. Um, and I think something that's really telling. Well, well, first of all, I mean, you bring up like Phil Jackson as the 
like the the triangle offense and and like the Zen master and all this stuff. And, and Coach Wooden has the pyramid of success and and just the the whole uh, like aura around him. Coach K, I feel like for I'd say maybe since the early nineties since since then has kind of been the villain. Like, yeah, there are people who who didn't like Wooden and didn't like Auerbach and didn't like Phil Jackson, but I would say almost anyone outside of Duke doesn't <laughs> like Coach K and hasn't for a long time. He doesn't have that, like, like otherworldly prestige, which, like, it isn't to say he's better or worse. It's just it's something to point out. Uh, and then another, another thing is that Duke, I want to say never, I don't know if it was in the Coach K era or never, uh, had a basketball hall of famer until Grant Hill a couple of years ago got in. And you can make the argument that Grant Hill did not deserve to go in probably the, the worst resume of any like modern era player to get in. Cause Grant Hill was great, but like his peak lasted four years and then he was injured and then he played as a bench scrub for a while. But so there's, there's a alternate reality where Grant Hill is not in the hall of fame and no one has any issues with it. So Compare that to Wooden, who you're talking about all these guys you come through, like Gail Goodrich and, and Kareem and, and Walton and, and Marquise Johnson. and Jamal just, Wilkes. So, yeah, Jamal Wilkes. Just all these Hall of Famers, these legends, the, this iconic brand with iconic players. And Duke has like Christian Leitner, who was a really good college player. And then it's like, what do you do after? I don't know. It's there are so many little things in this argument that you can pile up for wooden against coach K. And like you said, coach K is probably the second best of all time. And that's no, that's no slight on him. <laughs> I, no, I mean, no. it's, it, there's, it's not a shameful position to be in. It's just people who are, who are coming around saying how coach K is the goat. I, I think, I think I, I like the way, the way you said it, like they don't know their history. They don't know the facts of it. It's just, it's pretty cut and dry how wooden's the best ever. I, I mean, it's the recency bias. It's the people poking holes and trying to argue about eras. And I f- they're like, oh, yeah, it was a regional based, uh, smaller tournament back then. Like, oh, yeah, guess what? He still won. Doesn't matter. <laughs> to <laughs> so me, it, doesn't, you, you it put, doesn't matter. You put John Wooden here and Coach K there, switch the positions. Who knows? It's all hypotheticals. But when you're comparing resumes and you're comparing the impact and just the greatness, I think you have to go Wooden. Oh, God, it's not even close. Um, and like I said, I feel like this, like, okay. Well, you just discussed, like, as far as great players impact in the NBA, right? Now, Duke is more of the Duke system. He gets system players that fit into the system. There's two guys that are great in the NBA that went to Duke right now, Jason Tatum, Kyrie Irving. And what did, did both of them have in common? Kyrie Irving played basically eight games for Duke because he got hurt in the beginning of the season. And then he played at the end and that was it, you know? Um, And same with Jason Tatum. He missed half the season, played like the last 13 games and was out. I think um, they have, Duke has more players like J.J. Redick. Kyle Singler. Kyle Singler. The Plumleys. The Plumleys. Then they have Grant Hill's. And, you know, those kind of guys. And let's just say the greatest, one of the greatest Duke players is Shane Battier, right? Yeah, who is like a really good, like 15-year seventh man. Yes. <laughs> like six Shane man. Battier. Now, I really give good. Yeah, he, I love Shane Battier. He's 97. He's my class. Yeah. Right? We came in college together. Uh, Elton Brand. Like, I give props to Elton Brand because he's 97 too. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he had a decent NBA career. You know, I think that, but like most of the Duke players are not really great NBA pros. You know, some are good, like a Ellen Brand, like I told you, like you said, Shane Battier, uh, maybe Brandon Ingram, but we'll see, right? He's a one-time all-star. But UCLA has uh, John Wood. This is the night we talk about UCLA. Like, like we're not because I'm on Westbrook and Love and these and, kind of and guys. Reggie Miller. Reggie and, Miller and, 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 and Bannons yeah. and Baron Davis and going off. Now, yeah. um, this is like from Wooden, right? He Hall of Famer, Marcus, Marcus Johnson, Hall of Famer, right? Uh, Gail Gilbridge, Hall of Famer, Jamal Wilkes, Hall of Famer. Uh, not, not even counting Kareem or Bill. You know, like they had so many guys that were tremendous NBA pros, like, you know, through two, uh, you got a Lakers, Lakers Hall of Fame. Gail Gilbridge is on Lakers Hall of Fame with his jersey retired, you know? Uh, same with Kareem. I mean, there's not even, like I said, I just feel like there's not even a comparison here. I think, to be honest, you know, if you want to think about it, North Carolina has a more rich tradition than Duke, even though Duke might have won more, but North Carolina has, you know, the better I, impact I think, players. Yeah, North, North Carolina has more titles all time, I want to say. It has been to more Final Fours. I know yes. that North Carolina has been to the most Final Fours. I know that. Yeah, and the fact that and you, they got you, Jordan, so yeah, Jordan <laughs> that's, and Worthy. That's and, better than than Grant. Yeah, Jordan and Worthy is better than Grant Hill, Shane Battier, and JJ Redick. I'm sorry, yeah, and, and it's no shade. It's like I said. I think you know it's it's like Indiana. Like Duke is like Indiana in a way. You know, like like the system, the coach and the system uh, out. You know, is better than the players that he gets. You know, like don't get me wrong, he gets great players. And now, if you notice what Coach K has done, where he did before he retired. He went to Calipari way and just start getting talent before he was getting those singlers and JJ yeah. Reddick's types. And now so, he was and, like, and it started with Kyrie. And of course, the, the first time he tries it, he gets kind of a prima donna, just like, gets <laughs> in, injured, and that kind yeah, of dude and won't yeah. get a vaccine. And you know, yeah. And, so he gets he's he's he, like, I he got his struggles trying to adjust to that to that yeah, uh, yeah. that landscape. And you know, I don't blame him because he held out for so long. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not it was not a, a perfect clean road to to that. No. area that arena for him um but yeah I, we're on the same page here travis i feel like most of the people who are listening to this everyone in the ucla circles are are there's pretty much a consensus that it's wooden over coach k oh hopefully like some of these yeah. yeah like i mean a, a lot of the stuff you're hearing from like you got uh like like Dickie V's like you think someone like an older guy like him would would go wooden but I don't know like with the he's whole a, thing he's a dookie ESPN. he's a dookie you know like yeah. don't get me wrong like I, I think he likes college basketball but he loves yeah Duke. I I think that's a big thing at ESPN and, and it's no slight or, or just like I mean, it's not an insult to ESPN but like they got Jay Billis and 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 uh uh who is the uh old point guard they had who went to the Bulls Jay um, Williams Jay, Jay Williams. Williams. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So like th- there's a lot of Duke influence there and it just kind of spreads around and that gets parroted by people on Twitter who are watching a lot of ESPN and it <laughs> happens, I guess like the, it, that's just the reality of how mm-hmm. the, the, mm-hmm. the take landscape works. Uh, but yeah, wooden over coach K pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that's a, that's an easy take a simple take. Um, simple. but yeah, let's uh, move on to a, a few quick hitters before we wrap up here. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we brought it up off the top, Jake Kyman, he's transferring out of the program. Uh, it's, it's tough to see him go. Cause he, he was part of that team, uh, that, uh, he was part of Cronin's first recruiting class. I mean, he committed while Alford was still here, but he stayed on well, during the coaching search. He stayed on when, 
when Cronin signed. And I remember being at Cronin's introductory press conference and talking to him over the summer and in the fall uh, a few years ago in 2019, he was talking about Kyman and Hyman. He was saying like, I mean, yeah, like these guys committed here before and they signed, but I had to, I had to re-recruit them because when maybe they signed UCLA signs a coach they didn't like and they back out or something, he like he had to sell these guys and and Cronin did and that's good because and Jake Kyman didn't play much early on his freshman year, but then he had that Washington game uh, up in Seattle where he pops off for like twenty whatever points and he hits that that last second three pointer and that was kind of his coming out party and then this that through that whole stretch that big bounce back stretch they had in february and march and everything kyman was a huge player there mm-hmm. big game against arizona state i think he had like three 20 point games scored in double digits a bunch there so yeah the postseason got canceled because covid and they didn't win any titles or put up any banners but jake kyman was a big part of that team mm-hmm. uh his playing time dipped and he wasn't as good as a sophomore but you know he was part of that core still that went to the final four and this year, he, he really lost some more time because Jalen Clark needed more minutes. Peyton Watson got here. Uh, Jaime was still playing a lot. Johnny was around the whole year and everything. So, I mean, he only played eight minutes a game. So, in terms of production, UCLA is not losing a ton, especially you look at the end of the year. And they had three games in the conference tournament, three games in the NCAA tournament. Kyman only played in two. Uh, he didn't attempt a shot. Uh, he only played four minutes across those six postseason games. You know, it it's tough to see him go. He he was a fan favorite. People liked him. Uh, mm. He comes from a UCLA family, and he, he was just he and his parents were really involved with the fan base, and that was good to see. But I mean, you you've been in this position, Travis. Like sometimes you just you just got to transfer. No ill will. It is what it is. So tough to see him go, but yeah, it, good for him. Uh, we'll we'll see where he ends up next. Agreed. I think, you know, like I thought it was a great player. I thought that, you know, uh, coach could have used him more. I know how he feels. I feel like um, he could have could have played him a little bit more. But, you know, things happen. So, I mean, I, I didn't feel any will, any ill will to Steve Lavin uh, when I left. I just felt like, you know, UCLA wasn't a necessary place for me. And I wish, you know, him the best. I really hope that he lands somewhere on his feet. And, you know, like I said, with just transfer protocol, people don't have to stay and just stay at UCLA. You know, like you don't have to stay at UCLA or Duke or North Carolina or Kansas or Kentucky or whatever. You can go somewhere and go play, be productive. I mean, the perfect example of that is Johnny Juzay. Yeah. You know, he didn't even play for Kentucky. He played like, you know, four or five minutes a game, came in, shot, this, that. Went to UCLA, became an All-American. And I wanted, yeah. I wanted to push back on you on one thing uh, before okay. we, we do this. I don't know if he leaves this year. I think he comes back. Really? I think, okay. I think Johnny. I think Johnny comes back. Obviously, oh, okay. I, think, I think Johnny Juzang comes back. I think Tiger comes back. I think Johnny Juzang comes back. Uh, the only person I think who I would be shocked if he stayed is Jaime, because Jaime, I think, would be a first round pick. Now he might not be a lottery like top fifteen pick. But I think he'll be like a 25, to, you know, 20, 25, 30 kind of guy. Like he'll be in the first round. Now he would be the one I'll be shocked if he came back. And then if he did come back and uh, Johnny Juzang and Tiger comes back, I think they would have a special kind of team, you know. But um, I think Johnny comes back for some reason. I think that, you know, he didn't end the season really good. I think right now he's, he's probably a second round pick. 
You know, I don't I don't see him over anybody that's in that two guard range, two and three guard range that he can go over. I think Love surpassed him because of the oh, tournament. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I think the dude from Arizona, uh, McClendon. Uh, I think McClendon is by far or, the best. Uh, uh, Matherin. Matherin, I'm sorry, not McClendon. Yeah, yeah. Matherin is the best two guard in the country. I think it's not even close. I think he's a top five, ten pick. I think Love leaps everybody because he's had such a tremendous tournament. Uh, and I think Johnny Juzang is kind of in that mix, man, where it's like maybe late first, maybe early second kind of thing. And if you're a second round pick, why are you leaving? You know? Yeah, um, I, I think there it's an interesting dynamic uh, because, I mean, when Johnny came back last year, he probably didn't get the the feedback he wanted from scouts and agents and whatever. And he was hearing that the chances he was going to be a first rounder were probably pretty low. I mean, it was still in, it was still a possibility, but the reason he came back is to, to try to repeat the success and go one step yeah. further, but also like solidify himself as a first rounder. And he definitely didn't do that. Um, and that's, I feel like that sounds a little mean, but like it, his, <laughs> his draft stock is, is not as high as it was even a year ago. Um, so that's definitely a weird spot for him, but you also get the, like the whole narrative last year was, oh yeah, like one more year that like, this is it going all in. And you might just have a guy who just doesn't love school and, and wants to go pro and he's okay with going late second or, uh, just signing a two-way contract, a G League contract, and working his way up from there. I mean, you still make like a, a some pretty decent money there. He's had three years of college between Kentucky and, and UCLA now, so he's not too far away from his degree if he ever wants to come back and get it. But I, I feel like the the way he was, it's the body language, it's the way he's talking about it, the way he talked about it all year, it just kind of seemed like this was it for him. Uh, and of course it's hard to get in his head and really know what he's thinking and, and talking about behind closed doors. But I think, yeah, should he go? Probably not, but maybe he just wants to, and that's, that's okay. And, and also you have, uh, I mean, we'll talk about it in a sec. You got guys like Amari Bailey coming in. You, you want more minutes for Watson. If he comes back, if you want more minutes for Clark and, you're losing a good player in Johnny Juzang if he leaves, but UCLA might be better off just moving on and spreading out those minutes. And you got talent okay. coming in, you got talent here and, and it is what it is. And then on Jaime, I think, I think a lot of it is him maybe wanting to play a year where his sister's on the, on the women's team. That's big. Uh, there's real NIL money in LA for, for Jaime and especially with his sister, there's a lot of opportunities there, uh, like culturally with the Mexican heritage with the two of them, but also just being brother, sister, at one of the blue bloods in the country. So he can come back make some dough, uh, and just have a first mm -hmm. round grade, a late first round grade, still kind of hanging around for next year where he's got the kind of play style. He's already been here three years where mm -hmm. you don't really expect his stock to drop again or to, to drop. Like, I mean, the, the only thing you're risking really is like a torn ACL or something like, like a injury. Major injury. It's always injury, man. It's always but also injury. how, 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 how healthy are his ankles right now? It seemed like a chronic thing with both of them. He sprained both of them, but mm -hmm. Maybe NBA teams are a little scared off right now. And they said, well, we'll give it time. So maybe he takes the off season off and then works back up to it. UCLA is full strength next year. And he comes in the next NBA draft fully healthy. So 
there's a lot of factors for both these guys and we'll, we'll talk about uh, all this kind of stuff in the coming weeks, but yeah, uh, definitely something to keep an eye on there for both of them. Yes. Like I said, I, I, for some reason, I feel like, you know, I was, I was, I was convinced that they they was going to lose like the whole starting five, but then I realized like, you know, like I was talking to somebody about it who also is a UCLA fan who says like, no tigers coming back. Uh, I'd say tigers pretty definite. Yeah. Yeah. Tigers coming back. And he said he wouldn't be surprised if Cody Cody Riley coming back. I'm like, dude's like 24. Mm. I was like, I don't think he's coming. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I think he's it, it should be time for him to go. He's like a super duper senior. Yeah. Um, you this know, is I, already his fifth year. So that's not six. So he, he has a sixth, but you know, he's got his degree. We'll see. Just kind of where the yeah, I, like is I said going. for me, I think the only person, like I said, who has an opportunity to make more money next year really money is is Jaime I think Jaime's the only one I think yes the, the playing with his sister would I be shocked if he came back no but would I be shocked if he left no I think Jaime is good enough to go pro now I think you know but okay you know we'll see I think we'll, we'll, this will be a discussion for the coming weeks and we'll find out obviously we'll find out pretty soon I know they, they don't have a lot of time to make a decision yeah I think they I know they can pull out of the NBA draft. I, I don't know when the deadline is to to go into it, but they can pull out. I think uh, like May thirty first. So that once you get to June first, that's when you know what your team's going to be pretty much. Um, but there is going to be kind of a limbo period in there where guys will go to the NBA draft and go to the combine and get feedback and then see where they lie after that. So that, that's a good be thing. Important. That's a great thing. That's a great thing. Yeah, for college definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Speaking of Jaime possibly coming back to play with his sister, let's talk just a minute or two on the McDonald's All-American and everything. Um, it was a much more eventful uh, week for UCLA women's basketball, having Kiki Rice, who's number two player in the country, maybe number one player in the country, depending on where you look. She's going to be great. <laughs> uh, Gabrielle Jaquez, uh, she they both scored 17 points, shared co-MVP honors. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the women's basketball team, they lost in the NIT semifinals uh, the other night. So they made it to the final four there. Uh, they got Gina Conti coming back on an extra year, medical red shirt. She was the transfer from Wake Forest. You got Charisma Osborne, leading scorer coming back. Uh, you got the number one recruiting class in the country coming in, highlighted by those two McDonald's All-Americans. And yeah, I mean, it's going to be pretty bright skies. If not for this year, then for the next four years down the road. And it's going to be, Hawkes and Rice really leading the way. And that's, that's fun. It's uh, the first time there's really been this much hope for the women's team since like Jordan Canada and Monique Billings came in. They were both first round picks in the WNBA draft, went to like three straight sweet 16. So if, if UCLA women's basketball is in store for that and more good for them, it's this. And I think that this week in Chicago, the all American game really showed that there is a real ceiling for this team. No, no. Look, I would tell you this. I think uh, the fact that both men and women both had two McDonald's All-Americans in the games shows that where UCLA is coming up, really. I think both teams mm-hmm. are going to be on the rise. I think, well, you know, I think Nick Cronin uh, has definitely got UCLA's men back where they need to be. And then obviously with the women coming with the rec- number one recruiting class. And that's insane, to be honest, because let's just talk about South Carolina and UConn and <laughs> Baylor and all these other and, great and women. Stanford. Pow- and, Stanford yeah, all and all these women powerhouses. Programs. And guess who gets the number one recruiting class? UCLA. I think that that's going to be huge. I think it's going to be good, good competition. I think UCLA is going to be good for the next years to come. You know, uh, like you said, with 
all because you figure like this if the old regime goes next year with for men right you got all these new players to come in you got two mcdonald's on americans you got perry watson you got you know you got you know you're gonna have some talent and I think uh, with the women, it's going to be the same thing. You know, it's going to be, you see, it's going to be popping next year, people. You better get your tickets to get on this train now. Yeah, it's like a, a, a poly pavilion double package or something. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Final four for both men and women. We're going to turn it into UConn. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty much all we got uh, for this week's episode of Believe in UCLA presented by Bet Online. So, yeah, thanks for listening. If you made it this far, you'll probably like our. our coming episodes through this whole off season for football and, and basketball and everything, but whatever we end up breaking down. So turn on notifications, subscribe, download. We'd appreciate it. So uh, thanks for listening, Travis. Uh, thank you for joining me today. And uh, where can people find you and your work online? Pretty much. You can find me uh, at on Instagram at Travis W Reed. That's R E E D Travis W Reed and at Facebook. Uh, same thing, Travis W. Reed. I post all my social media sites on there. Also, I will be coming to YouTube this week. Uh, big news. Yeah, big news. You heard here first. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll add in some like breaking news sirens or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, coming to YouTube this week. So, um, you know, so you'll be able to see you put a face with the voice, you know. Um, me and Sam need to do that. We, me and Sam need to go on YouTube so we can put the faith, the money makers with the voice. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it sounds good. So, uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Sam Con, and, and then, uh, also make sure to check out allbruins.com, the UCLA site, uh, on sports illustrated fan nation network. Uh, I'm running that publisher, managing editor, putting up content on men's basketball, women's basketball, football, spring practice is just starting up. So head on over for, for stuff on that. And baseball is, is they just beat Oregon this weekend. The series pretty good softball. I think it's won 19 games in a row. It's like their best start. in however many years they're, they're playing really well. They still got Maya Brady, you know, Tom Brady's niece. Uh, they're, they're really <laughs> killing it. There's a lot going on on campus. Uh, despite just kind of the, the big sports kind of head into this off season, but yeah. Check out stuff over there. Follow on Twitter at si.allbruins or on Facebook at si underscore allbruins. And yeah, thanks for listening and we will see you next week. All right. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save